How's it going? Welcome to YEGMS episode number 29. Uh, this is the second part of a two-part series where I'm discussing diet and its role in multiple sclerosis. The YEGMS podcast, as always, is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, and the MSME Radio Network. Last week, I started off the, you know, the series of diet podcasts talking about you know, the diet changes that I'm currently doing and what I've been doing for the past 10 years since I got diagnosed in 2007. And interestingly enough, between the release of the last podcast and now, I, uh, um, I did a 50-kilometer trail run in Canmore, Alberta in the Rocky Mountains. Uh, there was about two kilometers of elevation over the 50-kilometer stretch. It took me just over eight hours. And it was we ran it on Canadian Thanksgiving. Uh, that was the day of the event. So after we finished run, obviously you're pretty hungry. So when I, when I got back to the townhouse we'd rented, uh, my immediate family and extended family was there. There was about 15 of us. And there was Thanksgiving dinner. And normally, uh, that's a tough time to give up things like dairy and gluten and you know all those things that I, I try and avoid. But I, I mean, I managed to get through it relatively fine. I um, didn't cheat. I, I, I stuck to my game plan and uh, got through the week, the weekend fairly unscathed. My, my feet were pretty sore, um, and I was, I was pretty sore for the first couple days of the week. I feel great now, and uh, I'm continuing forth with eliminating refined sugars, refined carbohydrates, and gluten and dairy and all those various things. But just to review, you know, encapsulate what I was talking about last week and my feelings about the different diets that you'll find online, and I'm going to discuss two of them, two of them today, is that I don't believe that any one diet is perfect for any one person with MS. I think that the variability in the way that each individual processes food means that it's likely diet, I think it's likely diet can help, but I think it's something where the person with MS has to experiment and has to start going through um, different elimination diets to see if adding or subtracting certain foods help them. And the other th important thing to note, and I mentioned it last week, or sorry, not last week, last the last episode, is that your gut biome, I mean the bi good bacteria that lives inside your gut, is also an important factor. And it's also an important factor in being able to break down and properly process certain types of foods. Insulin response is also different in everyone. So I don't believe there's any one diet that um, 
is sort of a blanket that can cover all people with MS. Um, I think it's likely impossible that that's the case. However, I do believe that diet helps. I mean, as I mentioned last week, I have been uh, following a diet 80 to 90 percent of the time for the past 10 years, which closely mirrors the diet that is promoted by, most famously by Dr. Terry Walls, and I suppose less famously internationally by the Direct MSM website. And, and but both are based on the work of Dr. Lauren Cordain, who sort of had sort of birthed this idea of the Paleolithic diet. Um, and you can find him talking on YouTube. You can find his papers online. His papers on my website as well. Now he doesn't specifically speak about nutrition with regards to multiple sclerosis. He's talking about it in the broader terms of what ancient peoples ate and comparing it to our modern diet. So that's sort of a, a recap of the last episode. For this episode, I want to take a look at uh, sort of two of the more popular or more prominent diets that, that people with multiple sclerosis are become aware of. Now, what's interesting about the diets, and I think it, it, it leads to what I just said a few minutes ago, uh, that no one diet, I think, will work for everyone, um, is that there are similarities between the two, but there's also differences. So, but both have been shown to work for different people with multiple sclerosis. So, again, it goes back to my point. I don't think that any one diet can work for everyone. And most importantly, one of the things I emphasized last week, and I want to emphasize here, is that no one listening to this should mistake me for a doctor, and no one listening to this should ignore the advice of their doctors. It's all too easy in the modern world to, to sort of shake your fist at the air and, and decide that one particular group has it all figured out. Unfortunately for, for people with multiple sclerosis, nobody has it all figured out. And I would recommend finding a, finding a neurologist that you can work with and who's open to different ideas. But at the same time, I would not recommend um, ignoring your doctor's advice, not taking your medication, and then hoping that a particular diet, some particular supplements will magically give you a really good course with your MS. I've said this multiple times on this podcast. I've done really well over the past 10 years. I have used diet modification along with exercise. I didn't take my meds for the first two, two and a half, three years, but I've been on them ever since. But that could have been my, the course of my disease anyway. And that's just a fact that I have to live with, and, and it could very well be true. Some people get one attack, get diagnosed, and then they live pretty much problem-free. I mean, I have an aunt who has MS, uh, hasn't changed her diet. She still smokes. She's in her 70s. And I can't tell the difference from how she was previous. 
So the suggestion that uh, any one of these diets or any one of these particular recovery plans uh, will work for everyone or should be is something that you can use to replace the advice of your doctor, I think is, um, I think it's misplaced. So I just have to offer that to, um, to make sure that people understand. I'm not promoting not listening to your doctor. I'm not promoting not taking your medication. This is for information and for you to do your own research. I'm not suggesting one either. Anyway, the two diets I'm going to look at today one is on the overcomingms.org website, and it's something that has been emailed to me numerous times over the last several years by listeners to the podcast, and people ask me, hey, have you tried this? Have I tried the Overcoming MS uh, recovery diet plan? No, not, not specifically, no. Um, there are elements of it that, I've, that I have incorporated in my diet, but those are the, those are the elements that are similar to the, the uh, Dr. Wall's uh, forward slash uh, direct MS forward slash paleo diet style eating uh, that some people with MS follow. So when we look at the, these two diets in, in sort of a broad overview, and I should add that I only have 20 min 27 minutes per episode uh, due to the time constriction. Con restrictions with the MSME radio network. So, so please do not take this as an exhaustive uh, review of both of these diets. It's not. Uh, I will leave the links to the companion notes on ownmultiplesclerosis.com to this episode and you can check out the website yourself, have a look for yourself, do the research yourself. I am just, this is a, this is a very, 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 you know, like a 30,000 foot overview and by no means means to be in depth. Anyway, so when we compare the two diets, and, and just quickly, and the overcoming MS diet is very similar to this, you may have heard it referred to as the Swank diet. So, um, and when we compare that to the Walls direct MS diet, so overcoming MS, they say don't eat any dairy. The Dr. Walls group and the direct MS group, they say, don't eat any dairy. So that's the same. But how about gluten? And gluten is one of those things that has become more and more, the awareness is, is a lot more prevalent than it ever was. And I would say in the last 10 years, it's gone to from relatively obscure, obscure to mainstream. Now what's interesting is the Dr. Wall's direct MS style of MS eating says do not eat gluten. The overcoming MS swank diet said say that wheat is fine. So that's a big difference. And gluten is something that I've avoided, tried to avoid for the most part over the last 10 years. Uh, the current diet regime that I'm on right now, I eat absolutely no grains at all. So I find it interesting that the two diets say I have a different opinion on gluten. And that's true also of legumes, which also include things like soy, peanuts. Um, in, in that family, the walls and direct MS group say do not eat legumes, including soy. 
Do you overcoming MS and swank diet people say, go ahead. Now with you know, processed sugar, the Walls diet says no. The overcoming MS diet, from the quick, you know, from their, their, their page, where it says what to eat and what not to eat, it doesn't specifically single out sugars. So you would assume that, you know, something like strawberry jam would be okay, but probably within moderation. The other big difference between <clears throat> the Dr. Wall's direct MS diet and the overcoming MS swank diet, <coughs> pardon me, is that on eating meat. For instance, red meat with Dr. Walls, Dr. Terry Walls, she says you should reduce the amount of red meat that you eat. And when you do eat it, get it from grass-fed natural sources. You know, organic style meat. Same goes for chicken. And she also mentions to not eat this, the, the skin of the chicken. Now, on the overcoming MS and swank diet side, they basically say do not eat anything, any meat that's land-based. So that could be chicken, it could be beef, it could be lamb, buffalo, it doesn't really matter. If it's a land-based animal, you shouldn't eat it. Both diets are in agreement on fish, and both believe that omega-3s, which you can get from like things like salmon and mackerel, are very, very beneficial to people with MS. So really, the, the overcoming MS swank diet could be looked at as a, as a pescatarian diet, meaning that you eat fruits, you eat vegetables, you can eat grains, and you can also eat fish, but no other meat. Where the Dr. Walls and direct MS diet tell you to eat meat, but they, it's, they're, she, her, specifically Dr. Walls, is really more concerned on the source of the meat. How is it raised? Is it grass-fed? Does it live in a somewhat natural habitat? Is it eating the foods that it would normally eat in nature? So forth and so on. So she's basically warning against mass-produced meat. So those are some interesting differences. Now, as far as non-gluten grains go, and these can be, you know, barley, rye, uh, that sort of thing. Dr. Wall says to reduce the amount that you eat. So these are non-gluten grains. Overcoming MS, no problem. You can go ahead and eat them. Alcohol on the Dr. Wall's diet is okay. Is not okay. Is she, but she says to reduce it. The overcoming MS swank diet, I didn't see an, a mention of it, so I can't say if it, it's okay or not. Uh, obviously, on both diets, things like fruit and vegetables are fine. Eggs, there's a slight difference. Eggs with the Walls direct MS diet, you can eat them, including the yolk. The overcoming MS swank diet, they say eat the egg whites only. 
I take a bit of an issue with that because most of the nutrition of an egg is in the yolk. I mean, there's very, very little of anything in, in the white. So um, if you're going to eat the whites only, don't bother. Seeds and nuts are okay in both. Coconut oil, okay on the walls diet. Not okay on the overcoming MS swank diet. So that kind of gives you a sense of both, both diets. You can see there's similarities, but they're, they're by no means exactly the same. And in some cases, they're at odds. So for you as a person living with MS, who do you believe? And I think this goes back to what I said last, on the last episode. You can't possibly know which one will work for you or if they'll work at all. You might try one for a few months and find that their results are mixed or you don't really feel any different. Switch to the other one and have the same result. Now that could be based on, and this goes back to the variability. What is your insulin response to certain foods? What is the health of your gut biome? Uh, then there'd be genetic factors. There's all kinds of factors that go into diet and how we process things. So that's why I get really, that's why this is an important topic for me because I think that there is so much misinformation about food just in general and then when you break it down into uh, a community like ours, where we're trying to understand what can we do to keep MS at bay, then you go online and start doing research and you think, well, these guys are claiming that this has amazing results. But these guys are claiming that this has amazing results. But they're different. Now I've noticed it, it you know, um, in one of the Dr. Walls's books, and I, in this, I would recommend reading to anyone. Um, one of the books of hers that I've read is called "Minding My Mitochondria," and she talks about elimination diets. And again, I don't have tons of time to go into huge depth into into what that means, but broadly, what it means is. Maybe you, maybe one week you eliminate dairy and see how that makes you feel. And see if you notice any difference at all, positive or negative. And let's say you have a positive result from that. Then you can comfortably know that, okay, so dairy affects me in a way that's not positive. So maybe I should eliminate that long term. But the interesting part here is because, let's say you eliminate dairy, it makes you feel better. You're not as gassy, you're not as bloated. Uh, you know, you just generally feel better when you're not eating dairy. And you, you wouldn't know that unless you've eliminated it for at least a week or more. So you get a positive result. That does not mean that it's having a positive, that, that, that elimination is having a, some sort of a positive effect on your disease. But I would say if you're healthier, you're more likely to be able to combat the disease. And I think that's the problem with trying to draw a straight line from one thing to another. I've eliminated dairy. I feel better. 
then that must mean my MS is better. Well, not necessarily. It could have been that some of the physical symptoms you were experiencing were due to you eating dairy and didn't really have anything to do with your disease. So you have to, you know, qualify it that way. But maybe it doesn't do anything. So you go back to eating dairy and you think, okay, now I'm going to try eliminating uh, gluten or soy or meat. And as you go through that process, you start to understand which foods really work for you and which don't. And that's going to be different for everyone. And that's why I would caution anyone from stating that this is the absolute way that people with MS should eat. I don't know how you should eat. I'm only learning how, to, I'm only figuring out how I should eat. And this is what I've figured out. I don't do well with grains. I don't eat bread anymore. Uh, anything, anything type of bread I don't eat. With the caveat being, with the exception being, um, my wife and I have discovered how to make, a, make reasonable garlic breadsticks using mostly cauliflower and a little bit of arrowroot powder. That's what we used for our stuffing at Thanksgiving, for our dressing, stuffing, whatever you call it in your region. And it worked really well. But I don't even, I mean, I wouldn't even have it once a week. It's, a, it's an occasional thing. But as far as regular bread, be it gluten-free or otherwise, I won't touch it. And now when I have it, I immediately, within an hour, don't feel well. I also know that eliminating dairy is a good thing for me. When I eat cheese or drink milk, I'm very gassy. And that means that it's just not getting broken down all the way. So I eliminate, I've eliminated that. So there's things that I've learned over the years that work for me and don't work for me. But I can't sit here and say to you that the diet has absolutely had this huge you know, the, the diet is the reason why I haven't gone from a lapsing remitting to more, a more progressive form of RMS or why I've had very few relapses. I mean, really, I haven't, I've had very few. I think I've had two in 10 years, big ones. I mean, I, I have fatigue sometimes like everyone else. I have drop foot sometimes like everybody else. But I mean, an, an actual relapse. I've had two in 10 years. And my last one was in 2013, so... But I can't say with 100% with, with certainty that that is, that diet is, is the contributing factor to that. I think it's a lot of things. I think it's managing my stress. I think it's exercise. I think it's, you know, following my doctor's orders and going and taking my medication. And, you know, I think it's, it's a combination of all things. Of, what, of, one, of one big part is diet, but it certainly isn't... Uh, the whole thing. And as always, I would, I would really, really suggest to you to look into this for yourself. Go down to the library and grab one of Dr. Walls' books. Read through it. Just don't take it as gospel. Take it as information that may or may not help you and it's something you can try. Go to the Overcoming MS website. Have a look at their diet recovery program. You know, do, do, do several elimination diets. See if these things will help you. Anyways, I'm running out of time, um, so I'm going to let you know what's coming up. 
My next episode is going to be about exercise and multiple sclerosis, and it may end up being a two-parter as well. I had a gentleman by the name of Rob W. email me and ask me to do an episode about exercise, so I'm going to tackle that next. And it was a really good timing because I was, I mean, like I said, I just did a 50K trail run over the weekend anyway. I took some, some video to put on the YouTube channel, and it's a good time to, uh, it's, it's a good time to do it. Uh, and it really ties into the diet thing. It really, really does. For example, when you do really long runs, like a 50K trail run or, you know, even a half marathon, learning how to fuel yourself properly and learning what foods work for you is very, very helpful. For example, one thing I learned this year, and I just learned this this year, my pre-run meal the morning of was as perfect as it could have been. I had... Uh, about a cup full of chopped up um, sweet potatoes and beets. I want you to give me a little bit of sugar. I want to give me a little bit of um, non-refined carbohydrate. I had two eggs, a piece of bacon, and some and, and some avocado. And it worked out really well. I had a great day. I, you know, I finished in just over eight hours, which for me is a good time. Uh, so if anyone is out there who wants to start exercising with MS, you got to get your diet under control first. You got to get that. And once you learn you can lose weight without exercising, just, just by fixing your diet, uh, then you put the diet in and then it, everything starts to kick into gear. So that's the next episode coming up. As always, you can find me on Twitter at ownms.com1, on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, please like, subscribe. And always, as always, please send me your comments. If you have ideas for future shows, you want to be a guest, send an email to sean at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. Anyways, that's all for me this time. I will talk to you in a, a week or two. I hope everybody's great out there, and I'll talk to you soon.